1: Hi, everybody! Welcome to Dice Camera Action, our little D and D show set in Waterdeep.
2: A little D and D show that's now twice as big than ever before. That's
1: right. Yes. So, a little D and D show that could. Apologies for starting a little bit late. I, I had a meeting that clashed with uh, this game, and I couldn't get out of it early. So, but here we are. And uh, Holly's connection's a little sketchy right now. So, if she sort of spazzes out on us, don't blame her. Blame air. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, first, before we get before we get the ground running here, just want to say happy welcome to our three glorious guests.
3: Hi. Hi. Congrats. Hi. Thanks for Thank you so here. much for having us on.
1: Um, so, hooray. Way. And previously, in Dice Camera Action, uh, the Waffle Crew arrived in Waterdeep, uh, got into. Uh, a few scrapes with the Xanathar's Guild and the Centaurum, but set themselves up in a nice house owned by one Magnus Burnside's um, and have since gone through numerous renovations leading to this point when Strix could finally open up her pastry shop, her bakery. And I think it's also going to be like a bar, is that Right. Hello. <laughs> yes,
4: yeah, sorry. My, I'm, why is my connection bad? I'm going to throw a table. Uh, yes.
1: Okay. It's
4: supposed to be. It's supposed to be a a bar because Paulson, uh was going to have a a bar where the um, I don't know what it's called kegger. That's not kegger.
1: All right. <laughs> so 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 Holly, um, pr- I assume there's some sort of there's going to be some sort of signage. Out front, right?
4: Yes. Yeah, exactly. There's going to be the symbol of the chicken foot coven outside hanging from, you know, one of those in rustic inn-looking yep. signs.
1: Yeah. Okay. And uh, with probably like a little, um, what do you call those sort of wooden placard stands that just sort of have like menu items or pithy sayings or something out front with with an arrow pointing to the yeah, front door? Yeah, exactly. Oh, Yeah. Okay.
4: Yeah, and the pimpy sayings, like, change to, like, one morbid thing after the next. <laughs> like, if you're here, that
1: today. <laughs> I can just hear the bird. <laughs> I know, I'm
4: sorry.
3: My that's, life all right.
1: that's all right. That's all right, that's uh, all right. And you also, uh, the the bunch of you, had your uh, first encounter with Doxer, Dr. Serenity Theximov who's sort of taken on the, the work of being your your psychic exorcist. Uh, that didn't go all so well, but, you know, there's... Uh, uh, ho- hopefully, hopefully you're all better people this week. So, to kick things... There's a big mood. <laughs> <laughs> and as you recall, uh, you have a silent business partner named Alcoria Stone a dwarf wizard who has basically been helping you get your business off the ground uh, and has been funding some of the renovations of your establishment with the goal that once business gets up and running, uh, she'll be paid back swiftly uh, for her time and effort. And D.F., you've been keeping... Alcoria has been feeding D.F. papers of of just uh, receipts so that he can track the expenses as well. Uh, Many of those papers got jumbled up, but D.F. has recollected them and tucked them away somewhere safe.
2: For the record, he hates it. They're not cool, like, maps or directions or anything. It's just, like, boring math and stuff. He's just like, ugh.
1: Yeah, with uh, dwarvish chicken scratches all over them. Ugh, even worse. Yep. So, our guests. Um, Each of you is going to have to make your way to the Waffle House... Uh, to, uh, to see Strix. Uh, you've, you know the way, having dropped off your resumes some weeks ago, and you are delighted that uh, you have been asked back for your final interview. Now, having lived in Waterdeep for 1D100 days... Um, you kind of know how to get around in this big city. Despite Waterdeep's size, it's not so big that you couldn't walk across it in the course of a day. And most people get about in the city by walking. But sometimes, if they're feeling lazy or if they have to get somewhere quickly, the primary method of transportation is by coach or dray. Um, there's all kinds of coaches. There's, there's your traditional um, large coach that, suits, that, that seats many There's uh, hansoms that basically take two passengers and have a driver stationed behind them, like an old English horse wagon. And then there's the big double-decker bus-like vehicles that are pulled by horses down the street. And they're sort of the popular public and cheap conveyance. Um, But they get where they need to go quickly. So I'll start first with Critter, our little kobold. So critter, uh, kobolds in the city are generally regarded at a glance as being dog-like, which is to say people will normally pay attention to a lone kobold making his way through the city much as they would a stray dog, unless that kobold is dressed like a human being, in which case they might think, oh, that's a really ugly halfling. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but how would you like to get to the Waffle House? Uh,
3: so Critter lives mostly in the sewers and only like kind of comes up to the mm-hmm. street level at night. You know, he doesn't like the sun very much. So I I, I would kind of imagine he would try to, like he, he's more familiar with the the sewer network in the city rather than mm-hmm. the streets. Yeah. So he would probably try to find his way through the sewers and to the Waffle House that way. And if there is still a hole in the basement, he might find his way up through that. If if that's been fixed, he might you know pop out a manhole nearby. Okay, I know we fixed the bottom floor at the
1: very least. Right, you've still got the passage to the um, the sewer uh, in the basement. But, uh, Dia, you could have probably had it either gated or. Um, sort of plastered over if you wanted it to. Um,
2: I, I would imagine it would be sealed off in some capacity with either a locked door or a gate or something there. Okay. That way our dwarven minotaur friend down there has something to defend.
1: Okay. Uh, for the sake of argument, let's just say it's like an iron wrought gate with a padlock. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Something pretty simple. Like yeah. That's fine. Okay. Uh, so Critter... You know the sewer, uh, the sewers well enough to get yourself to a manhole cover that is at one end, basically the east end of Troll Skull Alley, and you can pop out of that that uh, sewer, and it's really just a, you know about maybe thirty yards away is the entrance to the lawful house.
3: Okay. Um, is is it daytime?
1: Uh, you were asked to come at daytime, yes.
3: Okay. I'll, I'll pop out the manhole cover. Just okay. scrabble up,
1: uh, come out on ground there, uh... You and- see, you see as you look around you, um, some distance away, uh, there are a couple, or actually three, halfling musicians who are sort of getting set up, uh, to play some music. Uh, it's springtime, so it's good weather for them. There are also, you can hear the sounds of kids... Playing, but you don't see them, so they're some distance away. There's nobody else around.
3: Okay. I'll, uh, I'll put my hood up over my head so that uh, my okay. cloak, so that uh, the sun doesn't get in my eyes, and then sort of keep my eyes on the ground as I rush towards the door. Okay. Uh, and then when I get up to it, just do a quick little knock, knock, knock.
1: All right. Perlock, you are a Loxodon. Um, a highly unusual creature to be seen in this uh, world. Do you want to talk a little bit about where your character came from?
5: Uh, So he was originally from a different plane, um, and just, uh, it's sort of, he runs um, a bed and breakfast slash inn with his parents and his two siblings, uh but being the oldest of the 3 uh, and there's plenty of help and it's a booming business was just kind of this is like a sabbatical kind of a finding a way and they're pretty well off with money so he made his way um just to a a bustling city where he knew there was a lot of commerce um pretty easily just through hired hands and
1: has been living here for some time joining the bakers guild and just learning more about the outside realms okay uh, As far as he knows, uh, he is the only one of his kind in Waterdeep. You have seen no other Loxodons uh, around. And Waterdavians are, by their nature, pretty chill. And they've seen all sorts of strange things, uh, magical and otherwise. Uh, But it never ceases to amaze the people around you when you show up in a place... um, and then once your once your kind of sort of kind nature uh, manifests itself, it quickly dispels any misgivings they have about being in the presence of an elephant-headed person, um, of your size. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how would you like to make your way to Troll Skull Alley on this uh, sunny spring morning? Yeah, so
5: being someone with a uh, number of just regular habits and being very punctual and proper. He would have been awake probably two minutes before dawn and would have thought about the same routine that he went about every morning, Um, taking a stroll to go get a morning croissant and a tea and greeted the people that he's, you know, become friends with in the morning along the way and would have just kind of had a nice couple hours as the sun was rising to just spend some time walking through and, and maybe, Bartering for a few interesting spices on the way and would have arrived and knocked on the door precisely one minute before the time that he was
1: (laughs) to be there. Okay, great. Dirna, where do you spend your time in Waterdeep normally?
6: Um, I was thinking she probably like um talked like a more easygoing person into letting her stay with them. Okay.
1: And, yeah. Is there a particular part of the city where she would feel most at home? Uh, There's the Dock Ward, which is kind of um, of salt-of-the-earth people. Uh, The buildings tend to be a little bit more run-down, but there's uh, 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 the people who live in that area are generally hard-working, blue-collar folks. And then you've got the Southern Ward, which a lot of foreigners live in. Uh, So it's got a very diverse-looking population. And then once you get up away from those two districts further north in the city, uh, you start to see more kind of your traditional Victorian Waterdavian folk uh, becoming all the more richer the more north you go. Until you get to the field ward at the northern end of the city, which is basically a shanty town.
6: Uh, I think she probably stays at the dock ward
1: because there are more seagulls there than ravens. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's fair. Uh, so, because she's staying at the dock ward, she's about as far away from Troll Skull Alley as she can be and still be in the city. How does she want to get to where she needs to go?
6: Well, given that she is, she can trance, she probably tranced early and got up, like, middle of the night. Okay. And then I think she used her ability to speak with animals to round up a bunch of dogs and have them pull her along in, like, a children's, like, cart that she found.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So these stray dogs uh, basically lashed to a cart, uh, (laughs) uh, pulling her down cobblestone streets uh, uh, to the best of their ability. Um, Occasionally, you just sort of pass by uh, some guards who have basically got the graveyard shift um, patrolling the town and whatnot. Uh, The occasional lamplighter and they honestly just don't know what to make of you.
6: It um, should be noted that she's riding in it standing up, and she, instead of dressing like a like a normal Shattercay, she wants to like not really be immediately read as one. So she's dressing in like the opposite in her mind, which is a lot of like really white flowing outfits. Okay, with like long white hair, so she looks like a ghost going down. Yeah, the street. I was gonna
1: say so. Uh, all these people, these few people who do watch her go by, go home or go to uh, all-night taverns, basically, and start to tell stories about the, 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 the ghost wagon um, pulled by uh, mastiffs. And that becomes a thing in Waterdeep. And uh, so, so you'll, if you're traveling by night, you'll arrive at Trollskull Alley well before sort of people are awake and businesses are open and whatnot. What are you she going prob- to what are you going to do to pass the time?
6: She probably just stands in an alley nearby and okay. waits sort of okay. staring at the building so if people in the building notice her, they'll see her just not creepy in the alley. at all <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right uh, in the early morning uh the usual happens at the waffle house, which is i believe correct me if I'm wrong, waffle crew, but Evelyn, you're usually. Is it you or DF who's usually the first to rise? I
7: think it's me. Okay. But I'm, like, up on the roof doing my, like, workout.
1: Yeah. Since you're up on the roof doing your early morning workout, just make a perception check for me, Evelyn. 18. Okay. At one point, you glimpse a pale elfin figure um, in an alley watching the house?
7: <laughs> uh, do I find their posture threatening?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you wouldn't say threatening, but uh, as, as, as it happens, uh, you can make an insight check to maybe try to glean intention. <laughs> uh Nine. Nine. Uh, yeah, it's, it's mystifying to you. It's very, very creepy, the stillness with which the figure seems to be standing, um, uh, focused uh, uh, definitely on the facade, on, on your building, on the facade of your building. Um, there are no weapons out, nothing like that. It's just a strange, strange figure. And it could just be a spy, somebody working for maybe the Zentarim or the City Watch or... Who knows? Who knows?
7: Evelyn does that thing where you, like, see someone, but you try to pretend like you're not, like, okay. staring at them. She <laughs> keeps working out. I
6: see her seeing me.
1: Um, you would see uh, probably Evelyn catching, like, the early morning light on the rooftops of the building. Uh, make a perception check, Deanna. Yeah, so that's a 21. You do seem to meet her eyes at one point.
6: As
7: soon as there's eye contact, Evelyn's not going to, like, pretend that there wasn't, and she'll like, (laughs) Hi, do you like our house?
1: You say that in the early morning when a bunch of people are probably still just kind of waking up. Um, But there's nobody else in Trollskalali right now in this early morning, so you have no trouble hearing her, Dirna.
6: I slowly wave, um... What do I make of the house? Um, I have Eldritch Sight, so I would see any like magics on it, I think.
1: Um, as you glaze at the house, you can see that there is some sort of spectral aura, sort of faint and patchy, uh, sort of drifting or, or oscillating over the structure, weakly in some areas, stronger in others, um, moving almost like a, a shimmering invisible curtain over the structure. Um, So you do sense some magic about the place. Beyond that, it is a multi-story, sort of Gothic Victorian monstrosity with uh, pitched roofs, uh, gables, uh, many balconies, and a turret on one corner that's five stories tall and has a weather vane at the top.
4: Oh, wow, I didn't realize it was that big when I blew it up. Whoops. (laughs) Oops!
1: <laughs> the turret, the top of the turret, looks newer than the rest of the structure.
6: <laughs> I just wave back, and I'm like, "Your house's magic could use a little patchwork to get it all."
1: Uh, Evelyn, it dawns on you, uh, dim recollection now. Oh yes, this is the morning when Strix said that the coven members were going to come by, and you do recall uh, glancing or or be- hearing mention of. Uh, one of the final members that Strix chose being a dusk elf or um, as sometimes is known, a shatter Kai.
7: <gasps> oh my gosh, are you dearna? I would recognize you anywhere. Welcome even flies down and like takes her arm and she's like, oh come oh, on uh, in, Strix uh, is gonna be so excited to meet you.
6: She sort of stumbles along. She like had like a big like entrance that. kind <laughs> of <a brewer. laughs> like,
1: oh, Okay. <laughs> He just stumbles after evil So in terms of timing, Dirna is the first to arrive. Then there is a a little knock on the door signaling Critter's arrival.
2: Uh, I'd imagine at that point Diaz's awake and probably answers the door. Yep. And then opens it and sees Critter and immediately thinks to himself, wow, what an ugly halfling. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. (laughs) That's a callback, everybody. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, that's the end of that bit. Yeah, so uh,
1: you see you see this, you see this, like, two and a half foot tall reptilian dog-like creature in a cloak. Uh,
2: so was, uh,
1: were, was D.F. informed about? D.F. is, oh. DS is absolutely well informed about everything Here
4: that's... To the point where, like, Strix was, like, talking about it and he just started falling
1: asleep. <laughs> okay. All right. So,
2: so he knows enough okay
1: he pr- yeah uh, he, he may, whether may, he maybe he was too distracted with other things to know who the finalists were going to be, so he might be yeah. surprised to learn that she picked yeah. a creature such as this, but then you go, oh, yes,
2: yeah, course. so Diaz probably opened the door and then uh, looks down at Critter with just his eyes, so just
1: he <laughs> <"X!"
3: laughs>
2: <laughs> just immediately calls for her to take care of it okay
3: yes, uh, am I in the right place. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, Dieth, without even being able to confirm exactly who this person is, just goes, yeah, you're in the right place. Okay. I and, like, so. steps aside to, like, let him in. I walk in.
1: Okay. <laughs> and about one minute before, uh, nine bells, when everybody is supposed to actually show up, uh, there is a heavy knock at the door.
2: Uh... I guess I'll go get. By now, by
1: now, everybody's been up for quite some time, and probably Strix has actually got breakfast out and for everybody. Yeah,
4: Strix is like is like you know like before you do like a really big like party or show or something. Yeah, she's just running around the house like cleaning. Like oh, so many people are coming over. Oh my god! And she's just like dusting and then like making pies and like just like running out there. Like oh, the, that's someone else trying to get the door, and she just disappears.
6: And Darnay try to help by making scrapple. Okay.
4: oh, she, no, she, oh she's gonna like. Anyone that wants to come and help. She's like, no, 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 you don't help yet. It's not your turn to help yet. You have to sit out here and talk to my friends.
6: <laughs> okay. <laughs> she just goes yes. out and starts making tea.
1: So the main the main room, uh, the tap room, if you will, has where the bar used to be, there's basically like this counter with pies underneath it on display. There's also a flat section of counter where people can get drinks and there's a a wine dispenser and a beer-ale dispenser. Then there's all sorts of tables about the room with chairs surrounding them, some under windows, some by a a central fireplace, and some arranged around a spiral staircase that leads up to the second floor. And um, as the morning wears on, uh, Dirna and Critter, and now Perlock, uh, when you show up uh, with your big boom-boom-boom on the front door and they let you in as well, uh, at some point in the morning, Paulton will make his way down and basically just slump in Strad von Cherovich, <laughs> his favorite chair, and just drink from a flask. <laughs> Around the same time, or, or shortly thereafter, Warrington Munt, oh, no. uh, your resident GIF, comes downstairs as well, expecting breakfast.
4: Hey, I would like everyone, if I can tell them, like I'll, I'll pop my head out from the and be like, "Please, everyone, assemble in the main hall."
3: Where is the main hall? Just the main hall.
4: So she doesn't tell you where the main hall
3: is.
7: <laughs> Evelyn also doesn't know where the main hall yeah, is. Even, like, is <laughs> like,
2: "Which one is the main hall?" So like the, no, the she's right like the hallway.
7: Is it the tap room? Is it like the? the yeah, I'm it must really be
2: the tap. Sure, room. here. I mean, it could be like this. Death reaches into his pocket and pulls out his map of his own manor. I don't know,
4: I She peeks out again. It's the tap room!
1: When Warrington Munt sees you, Perlock, Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> he sort of adjusts his monocle to take a closer look at you uh, from across the room uh, from where he customarily sits uh, while he waits for Strix to bring him his breakfast. Um usually with a newspaper, although there doesn't seem to be one present today. Uh, uh, And Paulton is sort of, dare I say, sleeping in the chair about five feet away from him, um, tapping his foot as though listening to some music in his head. But Warrington, this gif, looks at you, and without addressing you directly, turns to Paulton and says... A man with an elephant head? <laughs> well, that, stra- <laughs> that strains all credulity. Don't you think, Pippin? Nothing from Paulton. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he comes out, Warrington comes over to you, Perlock, and sort of stands over you while you're sitting down, not realizing that if you were to stand, you'd probably be a head taller than him.
5: Uh, I will stand then next to him, but with a very joyful smile, like some crinkly little eyes, and and greet him, good morning, and and take both of his hands in in both of mine
1: and give a slight nod of my head. He sort of puts his hands behind his back uh, and clasps them and looks you up and down like an officer uh, studying the attire of a lower-ranking officer and says... of the creatures in this world that i trust the ones i trust least are the very tall and the very small you sir are the former i understand
5: and i just humbly would like to try to change your mind <laughs>
7: Warrington, <laughs> you be nice to our guests. If you're going to live here, you're going to have to be nice. Uh,
1: his, uh, Strix hasn't brought your
4: breakfast out yet either. She's, she's, she's poignantly not doing it.
1: I shall be as nice as decorum allows. Under the circumstances, I do not see that I have really any say in this matter. I shall be over there awaiting my breakfast. It was a pleasure to meet you. Oh. And a
5: pleasure to meet you
3: and I'll take my
1: seat again. All right.
3: While they're having this conversation, can I try the mage hand or rusty nail into Warrington Monk's
1: pocket? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, make a sleight of hand check to do so without attracting his attention. 15? You are successful. Oh
4: God. And he'll Control. never know it. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be like, oh, is this a, is this a bullet?
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so they have all gathered, and the morning uh, wears on Strix, and uh, you realize that uh, it is nearly that time.
4: All right. So Strix has already put all the pies out, and there's like she's made a bunch of crude like welcome signs, like just like out of like bark and things, just like hanging up says like welcome new members. And like there's signs saying like how much the pies are. It's like lots of care was put into it, but it looks like it was done by a psychopath. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, so it's very, it's very, uh, it's very sweet, a sweet psychopath. Um, And so she'll come out and you notice something about her outfit is that she's actually, she actually looks cleaner. She actually like cleaned up what? Like, and her, her cloak isn't the, she's still dirty, like just a little bit more like She's standing up straight and her cloak, she's wearing a different cloak with like a high collar and like her staff, she's got her staff glowing and everything. And she kind of like walks in with a little air of confidence and she looks at everyone and she goes, welcome, welcome everyone. This is the start of the Chickenfoot coven. And I want to say that it's very important that we are not like those mages and wizards in Blackstaff Tower. Because we don't learn magic, we know magic. And what we're doing is important. And what we do is we make people happy. So those people protect people in the city, but why would anyone want to live in this city? That doesn't make any sense if they're not happy. So what we do is we make pies and we know magic and we make them happy. Because magic isn't just blowing things up, it's just being able to make people happy. Make everyone happy, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna make pies and make them happy. And we might also kill things and set things on fire.
2: And this is oh, the strangest thing that Dieth has seen all day.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn's laughing like, like, excitedly, like,
7: yes, yes!
4: And Deer's, like, sticks gonna... like, her staff on the ground and, like, green light lights up the room. And she's like, we're open!
6: Deer <gasps> you know, like, raises her hand and says, I only know how to make one kind of pie. And What's a pie? It's not very sweet. And it's kind of flat. And it gives a lot of people digestive issues.
3: Um, that sounds tasty. She just like
4: she just like just looks. Like, she's like we'll learn a lot. <laughs> it will
3: be fine.
4: So why don't we get started? Uh, so I'm gonna bring out some more pies uh, for you to eat, and you can sit here and uh, meet my friends. And I will be right back. And she like scuttles off.
3: Uh, Critter immediately starts sniffing around for a meat based pie. All right. You're able to find yeah, one. Very... Yeah, I you don't gobble know what it. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> don't care. <laughs> Goll- he gobbles it down.
1: All right. Uh, with utensils or without? Just like face full of pie? Wait, um.
3: No, this face full of pie. Face full of okay. pie. Yeah. I bet
2: D.F. this whole time probably hasn't actually sat down for breakfast or anything. He's probably just standing stoically somewhere nearby, arms likely folded.
5: Uh, Perlac will stand up and actually walk over to DF and
1: ask him where the nearest wash basin is. Uh, you can direct him to a privy upstairs on the second floor.
2: Yeah, it's like, there's a privy right up the first flight of stairs, so I'll put it that way. First story, see in the left.
5: And he'll give a, a quick bow and say that I should take my leave for just a moment. And he'll like slowly lumber his way up there to wash his hands before starting.
2: Uh, As he's walking away, Dia's just like,
7: Mm-mm.
4: <laughs> 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 um. Also, if I'm I'm quiet. I'm sorry, you guys. I don't know how to fix it. I'm trying. It's <laughs> just on my phone, and it's awful. <laughs>
1: All right, uh, so Perlock has gone upstairs. Um, Warrington is staring with horror at the kobold eating that pie without any utensils. Um, Paulton is, as far as you know, asleep, sleep, foot tapping in his chair. Um, and you can probably start to hear the kids and waffles stirring upstairs. <laughs> So just imagine all house. the,
7: like,
4: stomping and, like, yelling. Oh, my God. Yeah, Strix will come back out um, having solidified the kitchen, and she's just like, she's like, we have to do things that make people happy. So you can bake pies or do whatever or practice your magic, whatever you want to do.
1: Now, Strix, you know that in order for them to really pass the final test, they have to earn the, the, the blessing of one of your friends.
4: Yeah, she's trying to get them to do that. They just, like, they're looking too anxious, so she's, like, she's nudging them in that direction, like, but if they don't, like, if they're not trying to make an effort, then Mm -hmm. she's going to push them in their way. (laughs) Okay. So she's kind of now just hovering by the, like, by the bar, like, eh? Like, looking at Evelyn, like, eh? Why don't you guys get to know each other? There's so many of them
7: is this when I administer the test
4: she, she looks at Evelyn. she's like yes this is it why don't, oh. you, why don't you why don't you talk to the shatterkai lady I'm scared of I'm a little scared <laughs> okay
1: okay so you're uh-huh. you're pairing off Evelyn with Dirna. yes all right are you going to pair off any of the others
4: um well uh the Elephant Man walked away,
5: so I'll oh, bring back at, downstairs by this point.
4: Okay, um, I will. I will look at him and then look at Dia, just be like, "Oh, why don't you find out where our faraway friend is from, Dia?" Uh, I'll look at Paulson, I'll Look at our kobold friend, and be like, "Looks like a perfect fit." <laughs> <laughs>
3: What, what?
2: fits where? <laughs> uh, D.F. looks back at the Loxodon and then back at Strix, arms still folded, and just says none of them are good enough.
4: Just like uh, uh, I don't know. But, uh, but Waterdeep is a big city. We can't go through 500 people and then come down and go through three of them and then you still say they're not good enough so maybe we can just try Please, she like does like big as much like big eyes as she can
2: at him. Death kind of gives like a like a stink face, but like the kind of stink face is like that's also like a parent being like fine, Just, like
4: she's really close. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's like fine, and
4: she's like a yay. I'm sorry. There's so many birds here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> it just
2: adds right, to the chaos that's already happening within the house. Yeah. So. And there's some yes. Parents, but we don't know
1: why. Yes. You that's also you also have some chickens in your kitchen, so it kind of makes sense that there be pe- yeah. there be bird sounds. Yeah.
4: Exactly. Oh, and she's holding one of the spectral chickens, like a smaller version, like oh, okay. right
1: now, and
4: she's
6: petting, petting it. Your can talk to animals, so she's probably having a conversation with one of the chickens. All right. They're they're talking
4: chicken. Perfect.
6: What are they talking about?
4: Oh, my gosh. The chickens chickens are probably like, we love Strix so much.
6: (laughs) Yes, she seems to take good care of you until she plans to slaughter you for food.
4: Oh, no, we don't do that here. We only eat their eggs.
6: She doesn't know that, and also she's speaking chicken.
4: (laughs) The chickens are like,
7: ma?
6: Chicken.
4: (laughs) I'm like, Mark, 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 Mark. Oh, that's great. All right. As soon as everyone's paired off, Strix is going to be like, now, as your final test of joining the coven, you have to make my friends happy, which I think is the hardest thing to do of all.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Oh, Evelyn
7: kind of squares her shoulders and clears her throat. And she's like, yes uh dearna i will be the proctor of your test today and i expect the utmost uh decorum as we complete this and she pulls out a um some sheets of paper like she's clearly prepared this as though it were an academic situation she's like i have both a written and practical um test and i hope that you will let me know when you are ready and you may either read it or i will read it to you if you feel more comfortable but uh your score on this test will determine whether you are fit to join the uh chicken foot coven with our friends tricks
6: is it open notes
7: hmm yes i suppose so
6: okay she takes out her um ritual book which is like clearly made out of skin and it has eyes. (laughs) whenever wherever she goes to like grab the book like all the eyes and teeth like close and retract and like when she moves her hand they just all like pop back out and it's really unsettling
7: oh that's um special
6: she opens think... her book and flips through some pages and the like, know, tongue Strix falls like... out and she like shoves it back in.
7: Evelyn does note that this would be something Strix would be into regardless of how unsettling <laughs> it feels to her.
1: It's like, oh, you use a tongue for a bookmark, so does Strix, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen her use her tongue to mark books,
3: yeah. <clears throat> uh, I'm gonna go over to Paulton with my second pie in hand and okay. hop up on his
1: lap. I assume he's still sleeping. Uh, when you hop up on his lap, he disappears. Oh. And you are now uh, standing in an empty chair. Death actually laughs because he knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
3: sit in the empty chair, lounge back comfortably, and then scarf down the pie.
1: Okay. As you scarf down the pie, there is a clonk 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 clonk, clonk sound. Of wooden feet coming down wooden steps and uh, coming into view on the spiral staircase is a short, maybe three foot tall puppet man, an animated construct that looks like a a jester marionette given life, um, moving on its own accord, and it sort of uh, moves its eyes over the entire room, taking in everyone present, and then sees you sitting in Paulton's chair, and it's almost like the jaw just sort of unhinges and almost threatens to fall off <laughs> when he stares at you, gawking, um, sitting in the chair, um, splattering it with bits of meat and pastry flakes.
3: What the hell is that?
5: <laughs> That's mighty unsettling.
6: I like
1: that one. mm
6: now down, Simon's
4: already part of the coven. Everyone, be nice.
1: Uh, Simon will come over to you, Strix, and tug on your robe. Boop.
4: Oh, what is it, Simon? Did you want to hurt me? Well, all right. Well, what do you what do you need? Do you, do you want do you want to do you want to vet our kobold friend? Oh, is Colton passed out? told him to be here she's like of course he is (laughs) fine 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 Simon I trust you I trust you to do a good job so you go ahead and do that and uh, later on I'll teach you to make a pie too
1: he climbs up onto the counter onto one of the highest uh, cupboards um, sort of hard to reach up by the, the chimney flue and he opens it, and you're, you, you're not even sure if there's anything in this cupboard. It's not one of the cupboards you typically use in the kitchen or, right. ha- or have used. And uh, he pulls out a what looks like a bottle of wine, but it's got a tag on it. And he hops uh-huh. down with the bottle of wine and leaves the kitchen. Uh, all
4: right, I will walk up to the bottle of wine and read
1: the tag. Uh, he'll stop to let you read the tag. Uh, the tag says... You must down this entire bottle in under a minute and not black out.
4: <laughs> oh no, we're gonna kill the cobbles! <laughs> <laughs> Get
3: I, one of the smallest body weight in the this
1: one's to the elephant. I'll also down and be like, more! Dirk's
4: <laughs> <laughs> just like, well, Okay! <laughs>
1: Simon will then take it, uh, take the wine back, and and walk over to the the kobold. And uh, when he gets to the kobold, a the, uh, uh, critter, you see this puppet man stand before you. He's got a bottle of wine. He thrusts it out at you, cork first, as if oh. it's asking you to take it. I'll take it. When you do, you oh, see man. you see a little tag around the neck of the bottle that has written on it. You must down this entire bottle in under a minute and not black out.
3: Oh, oh, well. It uh,
1: seems, seems kind of rude, but... <laughs> uh,
3: I mean, I, I've, I've drank more sewer water in less than a minute and I'm out of time. How bad could this stuff be? I pop open the top.
1: Make a... Uh, well. No, you don't have to make a check. You can just pop the top. The cork flies off. Um, the, the wine... Uh, smells really potent.
3: Oh God! All right, that's that smells like sewer causeway C right there. I'm gonna uh, just lean back in the chair and just glug, glug, glug.
1: So all of you can see, uh, after the puppet hands this bottle to the kobold, this bottle is about half the size of the kobold. And he just <laughs> tilts it up. <out. laughs> <And he's done. laughs> Um, and as he's drinking, Simon's head just sort of turns all the way around to look at the rest of you (laughs) and just keeps turning back until he's facing the kobold again. And I need you to make a constitution saving throw.
3: Yeah, I bet you do.
1: Come on. Oh, natural 20, 22. Ah, Okay. Okay. So yes, you drink it all. You empty the bottle. Um, Then what do you do? Because you are uh, still, you are still very conscious. I burp very loudly, Ooh. and then uh, look at the
3: bottle. I mean, this bottle is like almost as big as me. You said, "Uh, it's well, it's about half the size of you." Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll mage hand the bottle back over to the counter and mm-hmm. drop it down there. Strix is like, you,
1: you s- to just like. <laughs> St- uh, the puppet man narrows his eyes at you, and, and then, then h- back. holds up a finger, and then okay. goes upstairs.
3: Oh no! <laughs> uh, what 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 does that mean? No, it's not good. I can tell you that. No. Okay. What did,
1: did I screw up? Something already? Oh,
4: yeah. no, you did great! Oh, You're that's still
1: good. alive. Hey. Now. Yeah, you're feeling you're feeling pretty lightheaded at the moment, and uh, like you could almost float off this chair now. But you're not in any danger of passing out or dying.
3: That's good. I'll stand up on the chair and just start sort of doing a, a slight sway dance back and forth. Um, I don't think Critters ever had alcohol before, so oh, this right. is a new experience.
4: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I love the cold, pretty
2: so talented. In kobold years, Critter's actually 12. <laughs> <laughs>
6: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, so Simon is gone and Critter's doing a dance. What are the rest of you doing? Uh, Perlock
5: walks up to Diath and, and gives a nod and says, I, I don't believe we've been properly introduced. My name is Perlock. It's a pleasure to meet you. But he very pointedly doesn't grab his hands like he did with uh, the GIF uh, because he's washed them and noticed that nobody else here has done that. Always <laughs> so keep, keeping his hands to himself but still being very cheerful and polite
2: <clears throat> Diaz is just like hello perlock
5: what brings you here? simply to learn to understand uh, the more that I understand people who are different from those that I grew up with uh, the greater I feel my empathy is increased and it makes me better as a person. So it's just my my when to travel for the next twenty years and and learn the ways of the multiverse.
2: So you would say you see yourself as an empathetic person?
5: Uh, I, I tried to increase my empathy, yes. Hmm. So
2: you'd say you probably have like a you know, pretty good feel or maybe even the psych sort of insight on some people you met perhaps some people in this room? Dia he says, he's like looking up at the locks on this whole time.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> yes, perhaps. Although, as I said, my, my understanding is only increasing with time. Um, so if there's anything I may have to do to be of service to you, please uh, do not hesitate to request. And then his eyes just crinkle again as he gives a, a pleasant smile and a nod. Hmm.
2: Fascinating. All right. Uh, would you would you happen to recall as much as you can from the initial application when it comes to the chicken cut chicken foot coven of London Strix?
5: Would I happen to recall which information?
2: Anything and everything from the application or the signs or whatever the heck it is that she did.
5: And then he he starts to recite the various welcome signs that he saw on the way in, but. Um, purposely mispronounces the one that was spelled incorrectly uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then cites s- off the specific moment that he was told to arrive um, you can tell that he's he's got his his life down to a very strict schedule and he knows exactly where and when he's going to be and how things how is even his body moves uh, it's very measured and slow but deliberate
2: after all of that DF just goes, your attention to detail does not impress me.
5: <laughs> that is interesting. I've learned something new today.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Death is like visibly annoyed by that. Like, like Perlock is just like so nice and uh, just happy to be here. And like is learning things, and Death is just like, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dth will be like, All right, well, I'm glad that you seem to know so much about people and you've been paying attention. Come with me. Uh, and then Dieth will kind of motion him to uh follow him up, go to um, we'll say uh, actually, we'll go down to the uh, the Go down the probably not the hatch. I don't know, can he fit through the hatch? The locks mm. Yeah, the hatch. He,
1: he can fit through the hatch.
2: Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he'll, he'll uh, go to the hatch and bring him down into the basement.
1: Okay. When you're down in the basement, you can see that uh, it's like a root cellar. It's a low ceiling. Locks it on, you kind of have to crouch down while you're in here to keep from hitting your head on the crossbeams of the floor above. The ground is uh, peaty and earthy underfoot, but dry. And you can see that there are all kinds of shelves along the walls containing uh, supplies and whatnot, and a gate set into one wall that leads to a, a sewer tunnel.
4: As soon as Strixie as as Strix sees, taken him into the basement, Jesus is like, he's going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, Once they get down there, um, Diaz kind of goes to one of the, uh, in the same room of the ale cellar. He kind of goes towards one of the uh, corners. Yeah, uh, kneels down and seems to start like digging around for something or brushing away dirt or sand or something. And as he's doing this, he'll continue to speak to Perlock and says, "Tell me, Perlock, what is it that you fear?"
6: Oh,
5: a variety of things. Uh, Typically just the disappointment of, of others who have uh, been in, my, um, the, in the service that I provide to them. Um, not much else really, but that, that's part of my journey is to learn more and to decide what exactly there is to fear.
2: Uh, DF seems to pick something up from that corner and then walks over to a, uh, like a small table or stool. Kind of down there and motions Perlock to come forward. Um, <clears throat> and it'll say, Well, then this should be easy for you. Since all you want to do is understand. And I want to see exactly how much you understand. Dith unravels a small pouch and empties its contents onto the table. And there are six different gemstones all the different cu- cuts, all the different colors, all of different types. Uh, he just kind of puts his hands out, has uh, down on both sides of the stool, and just goes, there are six gems here, all worth different amounts. I'm not going to tell you which is which. I want you to pick one, and doing whatever you want with it. There's also a nearby market. Using this gemstone, through whatever means necessary, I want you to find... Something that you believe is the most valuable to Strix, and give that to her.
5: Do Do you want me to to find the gem that is most valuable to her, or just the item that is most valuable? I am to simply
2: her? offering you a bargaining chip. What you do with, with What you do with it from there is completely up to you.
5: Understood. Um, and I would like to. Over the the gemstones that are in front of me, uh, cast Identify. Okay. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: For the goal of determining
5: what? Um, If if there's anything special about these gems that, um, other than just being gems, whether they might actually lead to Mm -hmm. anything or allow for... Something to be
1: ascertained. Okay. Uh, Deeth, are, the, are these the gems that you collected from the Xanathar's lair? Yeah, or some of them, anyway. Yeah, some of them. Okay. Uh, so your identify spell, uh, which costs you a pearl that's consumed in the casting and the uh, and an owl feather, you learn that uh, none of these six gems are magical. And
2: <laughs> <laughs> after you cast that spell, yeah, uh, just, go, just goes whoop,
3: uh oh,
1: <laughs> and so it, it's like water off a of duck's back. It's yeah. just like <laughs> hmm.
3: Um,
5: and then based on this cryptic uh, message that I'm getting from from DF uh, in in all of the very like studied observation of his surroundings or anything is there anything that uh Perlach might just know that he'd be hinting at or is it like he'd just
1: be messed with uh you can make an insight check mm, 21 It's pretty good um df are you deceiving him
2: That muted. So this seems like a sincere request. Uh, there's not you can't really tell if there's like an actual trick to the stones <laughs> themselves, uh, but it does seem like what he's saying to you is exactly what he wants. Hmm. So uh, I don't. How well do you know gemstones?
5: Uh, well, I have uh, stone cunning. Probably doesn't help me there, but uh,
1: actually, it would. It would. It okay. Would. Okay. So yeah,
5: I mean these. Uh, knows very well the, the working of stone. Um, yeah,
1: you can tell the difference between, like, lapis lazuli and onyx and hematite yeah. and obsidian. Okay, so with that,
2: uh, I can tell you, so the ones that are before you aren't super precious, super valuable, like hundreds of gold pieces, uh, but they aren't nothing either, so they aren't very well cut. A lot of them are rough. Uh, there is a topaz, a jade, a lapis lazuli, like Chris actually mentioned, Uh, a Peridot, a um, a Malachite, and a Rose Quartz.
3: Okay.
5: Hmm. (laughs) So being thrown into this situation and having no idea what any of this means and being a very direct person who's still a little bit naive about the workings of this uh, Perlac turns around and and goes right back up and directly to Strix and questions her exactly: Do these stones mean anything to you? And if so, <laughs> makes you
1: the most happy,
4: which makes you the most happy.
1: Yes. With that going on, uh, what are Evelyn and Dirna up to?
6: When Evelyn, he to- sorry, I was just going to say, when Evelyn was probably distracted by uh, Simon mm-hmm. coming down. Um, Dierna probably used thaumaturgy to make her own eyes glow because she's a little crestfallen about not being able to
1: do her dramatic entrance. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so next time you next time you look at Dierna, her eyes are glowing, Evelyn.
7: Ooh, your eyes sure are pretty.
1: Thank you. I'm very proud of them.
7: Well, I would be too if I had eyes like that. But I mean, uh, we have business to attend to, and. I have prepared your test right here. Would you like to read it or would you like me to read it aloud to you?
1: Yes. Evelyn, you could have probably, if you knew this was coming, had time to set up a small classroom upstairs.
6: <laughs>
4: okay. <laughs>
7: yeah,
6: <I know>. <laughs> <laughs>
7: and It's like, it has like a, like a, some sort of table as a podium where Evelyn right. stands at the front and then it has just one like desk. Yeah. Little area where like, you could sit to take the test, and there's like
1: a chalkboard on an easel in a corner. Yeah, it mm-hmm. says Miss Evelina helping, <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in
7: like really pretty cursive.
6: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dierna sits in the back of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Raises her Evelyn, hand.
7: Evelyn, yes, Dierna.
6: Um, I'm sorry. I what are the rules for this test? I haven't taken a test since high school, and I was wondering if wrong answers will be met with, with capital punishment?
7: Uh no, no capital punishment for this one. More just like do your best and your best will I'm sure be good enough. <laughs> That's the rule.
4: Did you say Kai school?
7: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Evelyn just like puts the paper on the desk and like smiles and just kind of sh- puts it, shoves it toward her and then stands at the front like this.
6: Picks up the paper. What's on the paper?
7: Do you what? want me? I have it written down. Do you right. want me to send it to you or do you want me to read it to you?
6: Um, maybe read it. So everybody knows. Okay. So the first question,
7: it's all multiple choice. Okay. Uh, the first question <laughs> is finish the sentence. Vampires <laughs> are generally a attractive B Evil, C. Potential allies, D. All of the above.
6: <laughs> <laughs> have trouble with this? I mean, <laughs> you have I a brain. question
7: about one of the about one of the questions? Yes, I have. A yes, question. what's your question?
6: Um, the, this first one. I, yeah, I need to know one technical thing before sure. I answer this. Mm-hmm. Um, is sex with vampires considered necrophilia?
7: Um. <laughs> You know, no question is a bad question in this classroom.
4: <laughs> uh,
7: there's nothing off limits. Uh, I've never thought about that before. I feel like I need to like ask an expert. I wonder if Paulton would know.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to put D for now, just in case.
7: Okay, that seems right.
1: <laughs> All right, uh, per- Perlock, uh, you're with Strix, asking her about the gems. Yes.
4: Yeah, and Strix just kind of looks at him as like, "Did you get
5: these from Bia. Uh, yes. He he seemed to be rather cryptic, but but mentioned that one of these would make you happy or something along those lines. And I I simply I I don't know what's required of me here. If you would just perhaps guide me a bit, I'm really to learn.
4: Well about in therapy, the thing that makes me happy is when DF is happy, which might not be the most healthy thing in the world. So Mm. I'm going to tell you to go back there and tell him that the most important thing to Strix is him being happy, and then just put those on the table. And then you tell him that those are his.
5: And he nods and turns around and goes right back and does exactly what she
1: said. (laughs) All right. The gems go back on the table, DF. (laughs) (laughs)
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm so sorry I didn't realize that there was a, a limit to the methods by which this should be accomplished but if you have a separate task you would like me to try please do uh let me know I will I will try my best.
2: It kind of holds his hand up to kind of like stop him for a moment He's like and when you went to Strix and asked her that with your great empathy what did you notice?
5: I noticed that she seemed rather upset that her friends weren't immediately happy, so if there's anything I might do to make you happy, I feel like that might be the way to to increase her happiness as well.
4: She did tell you too that her that she that the thing that would make her happy is if Dieth was happy
2: yep. yes uh, Dieth will uh scoop up all the gemstones, uh, and just goes, come with me. And he'll uh, go back out the hatch and will uh, actually lead Perloc out the front door. Uh, and as he's doing this, D.F. will just like call back out to Strix, we'll be back. Okay! <laughs> uh, and from there, uh, leads Perloc to the market that D.F. visits every morning.
1: Okay. Um, it's, a, it's a good hike, Uh, a pleasant walk, stroll, as it were, uh, from the North Ward and Trollskull Alley across the high road into the neighborhoods of the well-to-do down Shield Street to the market, which is in the Castle Ward. Um, And already at this hour, it's quite bustling. Uh, You pass many, many... Uh, pleasant sights. And once you're in the market, all you're assailed by all manner of color and aroma.
5: Is this a market that I might have been perusing through the, uh, the regular travels? In the likely, likely
1: you are well accustomed to this market. It is the main market in the city. It's sort of in the center of the city. To the north of the market, there is a giant 90-foot-tall statue with buildings uh, built atop it. Um, of a figure holding a hand up with a stone sphere floating above that hand. That is a a well-known landmark, one of the walking statues of Waterdeep called the God Catcher. To the south of the market is another statue, similar uh, in size, but uh, representing a different creature or being, this being a human man known as the Great Drunkard uh, because (laughs) of his uh, sort of crouched, drunken posture and there are buildings built around him as well, and he appears to, he looks smaller because he's actually, this statue is seated or in a, in a, in a sitting posture. Um, uh, but uh, these two gigantic statues uh, basically have the, the market, which is huge, tucked between them, and uh, with all the activity going on, uh, there's, there's plenty of distractions.
5: I'm just doggedly following behind, very slowly lumbering and stopping whenever he
2: stops.
1: Yeah.
2: So, uh, DF will basically lead him through and stop him at certain stalls mm-hmm. and basically will point out uh, very specific ones. Like he'll go to show Perlock the first stall and just be like, uh, they handcraft rings here and sell them. You can get them sized for anything you want. Uh, you can Put any kind of engraving you want on it. You can attach any kind of gemstone. There's a very simple jeweler, but I know they live here in Waterdeep. And they just make it. Uh, who brings Perlock to the next stall. This this one's really, really interesting. I see this every morning. They sell like all kinds of different uh, parchment and writing things. Like they got all kinds of different empty books. They got tomes. They have some like some ink and quill and all kinds of different like writing utensils and things there. Leaves Perlock to the next stall. This one, this one is very nice, though. This is all <laughs> handcrafted uh, cooking utensils uh, made from trees that uh, aren't even in on the Sword Coast, or er, so they claim. Look at that. they got spoons and pans and cutting boards and all kinds of things that, man, I don't even really understand. Brings Perlock to a final stall. I mean, this, these are all just kind of trinkets and things, but some of them are pretty fascinating. Look, we got like claws of things i think that's a tooth of a different creature tufts of hair i guess there could be spell components you probably know more about that than i do uh and then he turns to porlock and uh and opens up his hand and shows the gems again and says which one would strix like the most
5: mm. can i make any sort of insight into this or would he just be completely flying blind Uh, I mean, maybe based on your intuition
2: of Strix and like what you know of her and how she, the, your brief interactions with her and from like applications and the things.
5: Right, right. I meant like, a, like from his, his <clears throat> historical knowledge, if he's constantly taking this information and re, like kind of giving things rote, would he have any knowledge that I as a, a human do not have? <laughs> uh...
2: Uh, I guess make an insight check? <laughs>
5: <laughs> That's a natural,
2: natural one. Yeah. <laughs> ah, good luck, buddy. And welcome to the Wolf Crew. <laughs> 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 yes. uh,
1: skipping off to Critter. Hmm. Um, Critter, uh, after Evelyn takes Dirna upstairs and Diath takes Perlock out, you feel somewhat neglected. Um... The GIF has had enough of you. Warrington leaves. And uh, so you're kind of alone for a bit. You can hear Strix, though, clattering around in the kitchen as before, getting ready for opening day and all that business. And then you hear what sounds like hammering sounds and sawing noises from upstairs. And a few minutes later, the puppet man comes back down (laughs) again. And he has fashioned what appear to be a pair of stilts. Oh my
3: god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I, uh, I'll s- drunkenly stumble towards the, the puppet man.
1: Yes, he is expecting you to follow him. I will drunkenly stumble behind him. All right. He will lead you outside um, and down out of Troll Skull Alley and down Del Zorin Street. And at some point, um, and he's just got these two stilts over his shoulders, and he looks behind you to make sure that you, can, you continue to follow him. Make another constitution saving throw for me. Um, all this exertion, coupled with all this wine. <laughs> uh, under 12? Under the sun, it's just like, uh. At one point, uh, when you get to the corner of Delzoran Street and the high road, you have to stop briefly and just kind of retch. <laughs> and Simon, uh, Simon just feel a little bit better now. Simon just waits there patiently until you're done, and then uh, you you have to cross the busy street. Uh, I'd like you to make a dexterity save to cross the street.
4: Do, do you think he gets points with Simon as he throws up in front of him? <laughs> <laughs> a
1: twenty-four. Okay, yes, you're able to weave uh, between the traffic and the drays zipping by and not get run over or squashed. Um, Simon continues to lead you down the length of Del Zorin Street for a good long way, crossing almost the breadth of the city into a place, a section of the city that's all wealthy villas and well-manicured lawns until you get to a street called the Street of the Singing Dolphin, and then you turn left, and then you turn... Right onto Diamond Street, and he seems to be taking you to the West Gate. This is the the West Gate of the city. Kind of is um, built into the outer wall of the city that overlooks the sea. And this this gate, unlike many others in the city, is not well populated or well staffed because there's very little traffic that ever comes through here. About the only people who come through the West Gate are those who, for whatever reason, need to get to the shore or want to get to the shore. But as you walk through the gate, guards look at you very warily, because they don't usually see a puppet man with stilts and a cloaked, wretched reptile boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, mo- I imagine. Moving not really in a straight line, but kind of zigzagging his way behind this puppet, trying to keep his feet but when you they let you through unmolested, and when you look beyond the west gate, you can see the vastness of the sea of swords, the waves beating up against the rocky shore. And between the wall of the city and the water is this great expanse uh, which you don't know, but which the city folk call the mud flats. because it's not a sandy beach, it's just this big, Um, sloping, muddy morass. And then he hands you the stilts.
3: What am I supposed to do with this?
1: He drops the stilts in front of you and puts his his hands on his (laughs) hips and looks at the stilts, then looks at you, (laughs) then looks at the stilts, then looks at you.
3: Um... Right, I'll pick up a stilting yeah. it. now
1: these stilts aren't sophisticated; they're basically poles with little wedge shaped things to put your feet on at the bottom so that you can hold the poles with your feet on these wedges and basically be about two feet taller than you normally would be
4: Paulton what the fuck
3: I mean um I don't know a little little wooden man about all this um uh, I'll go. Uh, I guess I'll look at Simon and see if I can determine if if he wants me to walk across the mudflats. Like, does he seem to be indicating? Okay. Okay. All right. I'll. Yeah. I'll take. And then I'll he'll
1: point. Him. He will point out to a spot, and you can make a perception check to sort of follow his finger to see what he's pointing at. Ooh, um, Twenty total. So he is pointing northward up the mud flats, and you think a good distance away are some rocky, basically some rocks coming up out of the water. And he seems to be pointing to one of the rocks or thereabouts. And so you think, in order to get across these mud flats to that rock and make any progress, you'll probably need the stilts.
3: Well, I, I, I don't really get your test here, little wooden man. But um,
1: okay, and I'll put on the stilts to start tromping. Make a dexterity saving throw at a disadvantage because you're dropping. <laughs> really, oh <my laughs> got a
3: wrong the stilts?
1: Uh, eleven. Okay, so you go. You first. You're on the stilts. You're very shaky but you sort of get your balance after a couple tries. Then you go out into the mud, and you start to walk in it, and then immediately you sort of get stuck, and then your weight just sort of slowly carries you forward, and you fall face first into the mud and sink into it.
3: This is why I always stay underground. Okay, um, I'm going to try to push myself like out of the mud, or claw out of the
1: mud. Make a strength check. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Two. You can't move.
3: <laughs> help. Help, I'm stuck. Help.
1: I'm stuck. Back in the classroom.
4: No, let's let Simon kill anyone else. <laughs>
1: <laughs> back in the classroom. Evelyn.
7: Are you ready for the next question? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> question number two is... Do you like pie? A. Yes. <laughs> B no. <laughs> C only some kinds. D if you want me
6: to. <laughs> Do you like start to noticeably sweating? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
7: okay. Simple, straightforward answer. All right. Are you ready for the next one? Question three. If your party fell off a boat, what would you do? A. Swim to safety. I can't help anyone if I drown first. <laughs> B. <laughs> B. Try to keep the rest of the party's heads above water at all costs. C. Call upon some higher power or special favor. D. Die. I can't swim. <laughs> um,
6: I, I can teleport. Sad.
7: Teleport. So that's like, I mean, I guess like...
6: I, I could grab one person, uh, teleport with them to shore, and then teleport back, and then grab another person, and then, and then teleport okay. with them. Would you say
7: that's like a higher power special favor, or would you say that's like...
6: I suppose it would be using the powers granted unto me by my patron.
7: Yeah, I would say that's a higher power special favor.
6: I suppose. Yes, that one.
7: Look at you, you're going so fast. Do you want the next question?
6: Yes, I will destroy all these questions.
7: (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) If a vampire hunter told you that you had to die to save your friends, would you? A, yes, no question. B, yes, but with some to lots of questions. (laughs) C, no, I wouldn't believe him. D, no, I don't care that much about my friends.
6: Um uh, this this question is not entirely applicable because when Shadrachai die, the Raven Queen takes her souls and resurrects them <laughs> <laughs> but if but, i if I did that then then the Raven Queen would have me, and then she would get my secret, and that would be bad.
7: I mean death is never really super permanent anyway.
6: Yes, but um the Raven Queen getting you is bad
7: true, so when, I mean when she's
6: upset with you
7: So are you saying you would not die?
6: This is a very complicated question. It depends how much I know these. Do I how well do I know these people? I guess the answer would probably be B. I would have a lot of questions.
7: (laughs) Okay, that's fair. Um, Should I continue asking questions, or do you need to go to someone else? Please
1: keep going. That's yes. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you're reading these things out loud.
7: (laughs) Okay. Next question: If a goblin was mean to you, what would you do? A, keep trying to befriend them. B, pretend they don't exist. C, cast spells on them until they calm down. D, leave them to their brother.
6: (laughs) I feel like I need more context for this. This seems like a very specific sort of question that I don't have all the information for.
7: You know, sometimes life just doesn't give you all the information that you need. (laughs) And you have to just follow your heart.
6: Uh, Well, I am proficient in the use of the the medicinal uses of many herbs, so I would probably slip them something to make them calm down and maybe be more friendly. But I wouldn't do that to people I know because that would be mean. But if it was a mean random goblin that I didn't know, I'd probably do that because that would mean that there would be probably less violence.
7: Okay,
1: so C.
6: I suppose, yes.
1: Okay, we're doing this together. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Skipping to the market, Deeth, uh Under the under the morning sun, you've got uh, merchants coming up to you, asking if, uh, basically after after your business, um, asking if you want to buy this, want to buy that. They'll offer you deals. Keep shooing them away. Yeah.
5: <clears throat> and in the meantime, Perlock is standing there. Like his eyes are almost closed. He's almost meditating. And in this bustling market for like a good minute and a half. That's kind of a really long time. Mm
3: -hmm.
5: And you hear like a, a a deep, like humming. Um, It seems like he's thinking a lot. And finally he opens his eyes and looks down right in front of him and says, uh, "It, it, it sounds as though Strix wants for her happiness, for you to be happy. And, for all of this, it seems to me that what would make you happy is is simply that I fail so I concede. And then at random, he picks the rose quartz and then just kind of stands there with his hands folded, holding it, just waiting to hear that he failed.
2: <clears throat> After a uh, poignant pause, uh Uh, Dieth will like put a hand on uh, the Loxodon's like kind of elbow or arms. Like, you pass the first part,
3: hmm. Uh, Okay, I uh, understand.
2: Takes the picks up the rose quartz from his hand and just says, Uh, I know how much this is worth, but it's irrelevant here. You can't really put a monetary value to some things. Like, this is just a bargaining chip. And I showed you a lot of things in this market. Maybe, maybe you noticed something that I didn't. Again, it's just... Help me pick out something for Strix.
5: Hmm. Well, come, let's do this together. And we'll lead him back to the first the, the handcrafted rings thing and, and we'll very slowly take him through all four booths and have a conversation as we're going through and asking him yep. what he thinks and offering what little input I can give based on the little interaction I've had. Um, yep. But probably spending a little bit extra time at the cooking utensil stand since that's my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so we go back to the the ring stand, uh, as soon as you start talking a little bit about it, DS just kind of waves his hand she goes, no, this, this one was the trap. Don't this was this, <laughs> this was this one was not the answer so don't don't worry about this one mm. <laughs> um got back towards uh, the place with all the writing utensils she's looking at stuff she's like he's like i know she likes all this magic stuff and you know she's making up this whole pie thing maybe she needs wants to like write her own like recipe book or something so maybe that would you know maybe that would work for it i don't know Uh, or maybe just like a nice quill so that she could write all these things down or write anything she wants. Uh, At the uh, cooking utensils, Dieth has no idea what most of the things are actually used for, so he takes like a lot of your advice uh, in. And uh, Dieth also says, I don't even know which ones she actually has. Uh, And then (laughs) at the the components uh, stand, for lack of a better term, uh, Diaz just kind of says, this just all seems like the easy way out. Like, I know she just likes weird things, but I feel like a lot of people just kind of give her weird or different objects, and I don't know, I just, there's more I can give her than, that, than just picking one at random and just giving that to her, right?
1: Perlock, you realize this is so much information. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, <clears throat> what if what you gave instead was knowledge rather than an object, something that could be used and enjoyed in per- in perpetuity.
2: Well <laughs> oh, um, I don't know if there's anything that can actually teach her.
5: Well, um, if she's opening a, new, a business, people always appreciate something new and exciting that they haven't tried before. Um, I do have a wonderful recipe for bread pudding. You, you do? Oh, yes. Yes, it's what it's my family is known for at home. Um, I, I can actually find all the ingredients here if you'd like to try it
2: uh uh yeah uh Dieth will actually take out one of the other gemstones and hand it over to perlock just take this it should be more than enough to go get whatever you need you go do that uh i think i know what i want to give her <coughs> uh so while he buys that Death will go back to the parchment place
1: okay
4: um
2: uh, and buy probably a, a nice tome That'll suffice as a, uh, a cookbook for her. Um, a little inkwell, and then just the n- the nicest quill that you could possibly get there and afford. All right, <clears throat> very uh, good. Of some of uh, whatever creature that you come up with,
1: critter, you're still lying face down in the mud. The sun is hot on your back and starting to bake you. Oh my! Oh no! <laughs> um and then and then you feel mud being thrown on top of you.
3: Oh all this has <laughs> from bad to worse is not good. Uh, so really not good. Uh I reach in my pocket and pull out my pet shrimp Filbert and said about the, the dirt said like, go go for help Filbert. <laughs>
1: oh. oh my god <laughs> Alright, Filbert goes off. What <laughs> Slowly, do you do <laughs> I imagine? So <laughs> yes. Uh, uh,
3: in, in, a near, in near panic, realizing what, what's happening, um, I'll attempt to mage hand the dirt back off of my back as it's being
1: thrown <laughs> on. Yeah, you're able to sort of keep some clear around your head so you don't suffocate under the sucking mud.
3: And then I'll keep trying to pull myself out
1: of it. Make another strength check. Two. Two. Okay. You, you, <laughs> sink, you didn't think it was possible, but you sink a little deeper into the mud. Uh, and it's just getting worse. It, the, the, the mud, is, it feels almost like it's grasping onto you and trying to hold onto you forever and ever and ever. It's so sticky and so unpleasant. Uh, and, and clearly, Simon, realizing that you uh, have no hope of passing the test, is just burying you alive. <laughs>
3: Uh, Can I I see him? Can I twist at all to see him? A
1: little bit, Uh, but it's hard. Like, you can sort of kind of twist your head as far as you can to try to look, and then this big wad of mud just goes almost on top (laughs) of your face. Can I... You can obviously talk. Can I see see him well enough to uh, throw a chromatic orb at him? Uh, Let me just check the spell... If it has somatic components, then no. It does. Yeah, you can't. You can't make any kind of gestures at the moment.
3: Mm. Um. I guess I'll try to plead for my life. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, please don't don't bury me alive. I'm too pretty to die. And I, I doubt it will have any effect, but I do have the feature uh, Cower, grapple, and Beg. Oh, very good,
1: yes. <laughs> so, this is, will, this
3: like, is perfect.
1: That. This is <laughs> absolutely perfect. And I
3: will Gravel, Cower, and Beg.
1: Okay, then make a uh, persuasion check with advantage.
3: Okay. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> uh, 17. Okay, he stops throwing mud on you and sort of grabs you and kind of pulls you up. Um, a little bit so that you're not in any danger of like literally suffocating uh, he felt he seems to feel But the look in he doesn't have much expression but what little expression he has suggests that he thinks you're pathetic but that uh, you're probably too pathetic to bake and die out here in the mud
3: oh, oh thank you little wooden man you, your so, mercy will
1: go a long way he points to the rock uh, the far away <laughs> rock <laughs>
3: How far away is said rock?
1: So, <laughs> all, truth be told, the rock is, um, oops, wrong side. Dun, 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 dun. It is, good distance away. Hundreds of yards, about 300 yards away.
3: How far away to, uh, to, to solid land? Less than
1: that? Well, there's the wall. Where we came from? The way you came from, which is sort of standing tall and mighty um, to your east, um, blocking any view of the city beyond. Um,
3: and that's closer than the rock?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah, the wall, you're sort of moving parallel with the wall as you head toward the rock.
3: Okay. Um... If if he's pulled me up far enough that I can get my feet... Yep. I'd like to attempt to stand again. Okay, great. And then... Uh, sort of look at him, look at the rock, look at him, look at the wall. And then just book it for solid ground. Just okay. flat out running.
1: Okay, so you're basically trying to like stay as close to the wall as possible?
3: I'm just trying to get back to solid ground that's not going to swallow me and eat okay. me a lot...
1: But there's no... You don't see any way moving across ground to get to that rock without crossing...
3: Oh, yeah, I'm um, not trying to get to the rock.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'm <just kidding>.
4: Okay. <laughs> i to run away. <laughs>
1: All right, uh, so you leave the stilts behind and you run towards solid ground, and he's, he, he just looks at you running away. He looks at these two stilts sticking up out of the mud, and then he just shakes his head. <laughs> 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 uh, Strix... Uh, you hear, uh, you were kind of busy in the kitchen. You weren't sure you heard a knock at the door because the birds were making a lot of noise. And then you realize, you hear sort of the creaking of floorboards suggesting that there is somebody in the tap room. And then you hear a voice say, not very loudly, hello. Oh. Uh,
4: I will peek through the kitchen and be like, hello, welcome to the chicken foot coven and tap room and pie place. I don't know, it's bakery, that's it
1: you see a figure in this uh-huh. tap room that kind of scary. Um, imagine, well. you, you know the character of Lurch from The Addams Family? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, from, like, the original TV series? Yep. Imagine, imagine a female version of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wearing a, sort of a torn, uh, almost vagabond-like clothing and uh-huh. a stovetop hat that's uh, sort of uh, uh, moth-eaten and decrepit. Okay. Do so, they look,
4: uh, look Barovia-y to me? Uh, no, no. Mm. Um, All
1: right. But there's, there is something kind of... Uh, um, well, with the hat on, this figure stands about eight feet tall, eight and a half feet tall, wow. and is carrying a suitcase in one hand, mm. and says... I'm here, and uh, she says, "I'm here for my test."
4: <laughs> oh, okay. I, there wasn't any other uh, members scheduled for today, but if you want, got lunch,
1: my <laughs> resume.
4: Did I get? I just like start like looking. I don't have papers. I'm just <laughs> looking in my robe.
1: <laughs> and
4: I think I do, I'm like, yes. I'm like,
1: oh, clearly, I am. The best choice.
4: Mm. Just like she's a little spooky. I'm okay. Uh,
1: she'll set the she'll set the suitcase, uh, she'll walk toward you, then set the suitcase down on the floor, and he, she says, I am Mandragora. Hello, I'll just stick
4: my hand out. Shake. Hello, welcome to the chicken foot Mandragora She, she
1: practically me. she practically crushes your hand in her <laughs> eye, in her iron-like grip. <laughs>
4: My small hand!
1: And she says, so, what's my test?
4: Uh, well, your, your test is to make someone happy. All my friends are currently being made happy, so you, you'll have to, maybe you can make a... Uh, well,
1: she says, leaning down toward you, then I'll make yeah. you happy.
4: That's a very sad, All oh, I don't need anything.
1: Actually, she says, is this the kitchen? And she kind of pushes her way past you into it.
4: Now, that is the kitchen right there.
1: Yes, That's very the good. Very good. Oh, look at these delicious creatures. Mm.
4: Wait, what? Looking at <laughs> what? those
1: chickens. And no, then no, no, no. She leans chickens. down no, no. and goes, bark, 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 little ones. No, no. No, no, Mandragore, we don't eat
4: the chickens. They just make eggs for, for pies and pastries.
1: Mm, yes. I see, and this is your cauldron collection. Lovely.
4: Yes, um, yeah, they're, they're for cooking. Uh, not chickens, though, or people. She says, <laughs> like you like."
1: What is your What is your kitchen missing?
4: Uh, it's missing. What is it missing? What is my kitchen missing?
1: She's looking around.
4: I mean, definitely not cages. You look like a, a cage in the kitchen kind of lady, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> She she sort of uh, she starts to rifle through things like drawers and stuff and she pulls out like a rolling pin and looks at it kind of scornfully and then she she looks at some herbs hanging on the walls and she kind of rifles through them and sniffs them like she gets she gets right up in your space.
4: Uh, um, yeah, this, and she's like trying to like put everything back every time that she takes something out. She's <laughs> like, nope, that's not nope, nope, yeah. I just, you know, I just organized it, but she's also talking herself down. She You're tries like,
1: the she door can't... on the stove and it kind of makes a squealy noise that she finds appealing and she closes that.
4: Oh, wait, wait. so Mandigora, are you, are you a cook? Are you a
1: baker? She sort of sniffs in the stove and she says, yes, a cook, a baker. All those things. I have lots of practice in the kitchen. I'm good but you don't in eat the kitchen.
4: People. You don't eat people, right?
1: Oh, ha 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 ha! And uh, then she says, "You know what this kitchen could use? What? I think you have something blocking your chimney. Maybe it needs to be cleaned." I mean,
4: I've never really looked up in there. So maybe. She
1: kind of sticks her long arm up into the stovepipe and feels around, comes down, and it's all covered with black soot. And then she just sort of smears some of it on her face and neck. She says, I have the At- thing. I have just the thing. And she goes back out to her suitcase. Ah, uh,
4: I like the, your.
1: I'm your- going to like working here very much.
4: Well, who sent you here, Mandragora? Did you, did you, how did you hear about the chicken foot coven?
1: Through the advertisements, of course. No one is better equipped to help you get this coven off the ground than me. And so, I assumed you would need my services.
4: Are you from Waterdeep? I'm just, I'm getting a vibe that you're not from around here. No, not from around
1: here, no, no. So where are you from? But I applied for the job, originally from the Feywild.
4: I'm, I have... Not great memories of there.
1: She pulls out. Uh, she pulls out basically what looks like a duster on the end of a rod. Uh, that that's basically like a collapsible pole. It's basically oh. for used for cleaning chimneys.
4: Oh well, that's good. Oh, all right. Uh, okay. Strix is like also trying to talk herself down. Like, Hi, the, I am in okay. charge here. I am the archmage of the coven. I mean, archwitch. I don't know what I am. I'm in charge.
1: And. Uh, she, she starts cleaning the stove. She just rams this thing up in, pulls it back down, and big clouds of soot uh, billow out behind her.
4: Uh, do I think an insight check? Can I insight check her real quick?
1: Mm-hmm,
4: yep. To see, like, is this, like, am I... I don't know. I don't. I, up, I don't
2: know. Trying try to gauge the wee-woo? Yeah,
4: yeah the wee-woo is pretty high, but, like, she did advertise the coven, and that's, you know...
1: Yeah. There uh,
4: was an elephant person in the house earlier, like so. We'll just keep it. <laughs> yes.
1: All right. Uh, meanwhile, upstairs, Evelyn. Uh, Anna stepped away for a moment. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, we'll go back to Diath then. Okay.
2: Uh, I imagine Perlock went off and got all of his recipe ingredients. Uh,
5: yes. Yes. <clears throat> and look. Okay. Okay. Didn't spend the stone that was given to him. He instead spent his own money, and is planning to Aww. return the stone. Okay, that's
1: nice. Uh,
2: so Dieth uh, will have a a um, a, a good sized tome, like like a stereotypical like wizard mm-hmm. tome, uh, but instead got it uh, customized so it says uh, Strix's uh, Strix's Bakery Book on the front. He, <coughs> he bought. He also bought uh, some ink, and then bought uh, a very large feather, probably of something that's bad, like a hippogriff or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so Perlock and Death will back up. Yep. Uh, and Death will ask Perlock. I know that you know something of magic, right?
5: I I know some things, although particular magics are a little more foreign to me than others.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, Well, um, so I want to do this thing, and I'm hoping that you can help me do it, because I'm not sure if this is even possible, because I know less about magic than you do. Hmm. Uh, Diaz holds up the feather and just says, I want to enchant this feather. And infuse it with, uh, a, with with a feeling. Hmm. With like with like an um, emotion. Is that is that something that we can do? That's
5: possible, oh, right? I personally, I I can sometimes calm emotions, although I I don't know if I'm I have ever t- tempted to. Infuse that ability into an object, it's certainly something outside of the, the realm of my experience. Um, but I, I don't see why we can't try. Well, if you want to pass your test, you're gonna try. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and he'll reach both his hands out for the feather, uh, and uh, Death will kind of keep holding on to it and just says, No, just it's not. Not really a feeling i can describe just one i can do so just whatever your enchantment ritual is just just do that uh as i try to give it the emotion
3: hmm
5: well here we go uh, and, uh yeah while, while you're focusing on it he's going to to cast calm emotions at third level and and try to bend it In a way that he's never done before, and and latch on to both DF's emotion and the feather at once.
2: So, as he's doing this, DF just takes the feather and, as best he can, basically bring it close to his body and just try to hug it. (laughs) (laughs) God,
1: and it works. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh,
2: yeah, it's so basically the the same emotions that uh, they shared back mm-hmm. right right after the whole Asmodeus thing, basically. So that anytime Strix holds this feather, she feels that same hug.
1: All right. Um
2: provided oh, it works. Is... I Do mean we could we could make him roll and see how badly he s- fucks it up. I mean it could explode up into my face for all I know.
1: Um no, it just works. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, this okay. is yeah, uh there's no visible effect it's it's only basically you DF who can really even sense that this has worked. Okay. Um, but yeah, the feather has changed somehow. Uh, Anna? Yes. Uh, you've gone through uh, much of the questionnaire now uh, with this young uh, Coven Acolyte. Where, where are you at now? You've of sort of, well, you've sort of uh, grilled her quite a bit.
7: There are a few more questions on the test. hmm But Evelyn kind of feels like she has a really good sense of of her charge, but she wants to ask the final question on the test. Oh, okay. Which is if you love someone, you should A, tell them immediately, B, tell them never, C, (laughs) tell them if they tell you first, or D, (laughs) think about it for a long, long time and then probably tell them maybe.
1: <laughs> this is this is a scary glimpse into a whole new world, Dearna.
6: I'm gonna roll insight to see how I react to this. <laughs> okay. Uh, that would be a seventeen. You think this is
1: a loaded question? <laughs> <laughs> Particularly because you can see Evelyn's eyes getting bigger and her attention even more wrapped. just looks at
6: Evelyn says that in order to gain acceptance in the coven, I'm supposed to make people happy. But it seems like based off of this question that there is someone else in your life who probably would be the one who would be most likely to be able to make you happy. And I don't really have much authority here. I don't understand this situation. And yeah, I would say, I don't know. Oh, like answer
7: E? Like <laughs> you're adding your own answer?
6: Yeah, witches do what they want. Thusly, I am a very good example of a witch. Thusly answering E.
7: Oh, wow. I think that deserves extra credit. Thank you. (laughs) I, okay, that ends the written portion of the test. Now time for the practical. And Evelyn takes her sword and hacks a cut in her arm, and she's like, first aid, triage, go, practical test. <laughs> <laughs> she
6: immediately has her medicine supplies out. <laughs> and that is a natural 20 with oh, a
1: 25. Oh, excellent. Evelyn, you have never seen fieldwork triage like this before.
7: Evelyn, like, strokes her healed arm, and she's like... I think that may be better than I could do.
6: <coughs>
1: you surprised me.
7: <laughs> that was, wow. Well, you just pass with flying colors. Let's go tell Strix now. And she grabs uh, Dirna <laughs> and runs down the stairs. Strix! She just drags
1: along, All like, right. trailing in the air behind yeah. her. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Diath, you and uh, Parlock, uh, armed with a feather, make your way back from the market as well. Uh, arriving coincidentally at the same time that Evelyn and Dirna rush downstairs, um, you can see that there is a fair amount, measure of panic in Strix's voice that wasn't there earlier in the morning. Oh boy! Um, <laughs> and when you go into the kitchen, uh, Strix and this ginormous lurch-like woman are strangling each other. Oh, what? <laughs> yes.
4: <laughs> like, it
1: it it has been reduced to this.
4: my all my supplies
1: and she, this bigger woman, is shouting, "Hire me! Hire me!"
4: the That really scares me. please! I'm getting
1: strangled. So, dear sees this. You all see this.
6: He'd probably go to like go over to Strix, grab her, and then try to thunderstep with her away.
5: Okay. And I will cast common emotions on the, the angry top-hatted lady. Okay,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Diana grabs Strix and and shadows away. Uh, this now cr- I'm using the spell thunderstep. Oh, My thunderstep step. <laughs> because that, I yes. can bring someone
6: with the right, knee.
1: yes. Uh, so w- describe that for me. W- you touch her basically, oh. and then you just sort of, with a loud clap, disappear?
6: Uh, yeah, well, it's more like a boom that does 3d10 damage with a constitution saved to half. Okay. No!
1: The uh, kitchen! She failed that. So roll your damage. Um, and then she also failed the calm emotions effect. So this would be funny. 19.
6: Dang. Okay, so that is a 25
1: total. All right, so she takes all that thunder damage. She just sort of absorbs it. Um, Is there any other effect besides the damage?
6: Uh, The thunder can be heard up to 300 feet away. Oh, great, yes.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Here we go again!
1: (laughs) The neighbors are once again aware (laughs) of your presence. Um, And then the Calm Emotion spell uh, takes hold of her. Is there a particular um, thing you want, you're want? you hoping to get out of that spell, Perlock? Uh, it just said
5: that it can make the target indifferent about creatures of your choice that it's hostile toward.
1: Okay.
4: Uh. I, I imagine she's like holding Strix by the neck with one arm.
1: Yeah. All right, so suddenly, uh, after getting blasted and being rattled by this uh, damage, um, which causes the uh, shutters to... Uh, creak and the glass to shake and things to fall off to rattle on shelves um, uh, she suddenly becomes very very calm and she says I don't know what came over me I'll come back tomorrow
4: No, Bye. yes you do that please leave
1: <laughs> and she'll go she'll make her way toward her suitcase she'll pick her hat up off the floor and then make her way toward her suitcase
4: Uh, I'm just gonna look at this. like on the
1: ground. Like, yeah, you just sort of move out of the uh, way and you let this big shambling figure um, in the top hat leave.
6: I would like to go to the door, immediately close it, shove a bunch of dirt and mulch in the door frame, <laughs> put a bunch of seeds in there, and use Druidcraft to have them like a bunch of vines grow out to like seal the door shut. Yes.
1: Um, Strix, <laughs> Strix, while you're re- sort of recovering from your experience, the thing that's sort of. Um, uh, that surprised you most was as when she suddenly, when this figure suddenly had lost her temper and attacked you, um, because it was clear to her that you hadn't actually picked her for the job, uh,
6: <laughs>
1: that uh, you saw in an instant that her, the illusion of who she was sort of almost shed away for an instant, and you saw her real face.
4: Uh-huh. And
1: it appeared to be that of a, uh, a black-haired, uh, yellow-toothed crone wearing the skull of what looked like a bison over her head. Over Holy her, shit! Over her face. Yep. What? Yeah. And that image uh, sort of burned itself into your psyche. But now, you see your, your friends are back, or rather, two of your friends are back, with two of your coven members.
6: Oh, oh, says- I Wait, saved you. Is- You're where welcome.
1: Where is, make- where is Critter? Where is Critter? <laughs> where is Critter? Where is Critter? <laughs> so Critter, you've made it to the wall of the city onto firm, rocky ground, leaving Simon um, at the edge of the mud with his stilts. What do you do?
3: Uh, absolutely overcome with the horror of almost being buried alive by a little robot man. Uh, he sprints to the nearest sewer entrance. Yep. Yeah and then attempts to sprint through the sewers to the nearest exit at the Waffle House. Okay. Pops out of the manhole cover, runs up to the door, and just starts pounding on it relentlessly.
1: So Ow. there's Ow. a pounding on the door, ah. which has all these leaves and crap stuffed around it. Um, what cr- the hell happened to this door? Courtesy of Dierna. So uh, you're pounding on the door. Does anybody want to let him in?
3: Let me in.
4: I feel like after after that, like the the isn't even listening to the door, and like I like probably like some kind of writing is on the outside that says the coven is closed for today with like a smiley.
3: <laughs> is,
2: is there a window? There yeah, are windows. Yeah, if I recognize Critter's voice. I'll open a window for him. Okay, you, yeah. you a-, a
1: window out. opens, Critter, so you can That's scamper.
3: Okay, yeah, I scamper in. <sighs> Just completely out of breath. <laughs> Quick, close the window. He'll kill us all. He's going to kill us all.
4: <laughs> oh, you're talking about Simon, aren't you?
3: What, what is that thing? Well, you're a psychopath. Welcome to the coven. All of you passed, right? Did they all pass,
4: everyone? She's looking at Dieth and Evelyn. Uh, yes, with flying colors. And extra credit.
3: Yep, Passed. Great. so we All right, the other two, uh, hey, did uh, did you guys have to you know fight uh, you know being buried alive to get yeah. through your past?
6: In a sense, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where
1: that's we'll. Uh, yeah, I think that's where we'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. Uh, all right. You guys Sorry, you faded out there, Holly. You
4: guys did amazing.
1: Yes. Yes. Thank you. thank you. Thank you guys for joining us. It was tremendous fun having you on the show. And my oh my oh my. We we did not make it easy on you, that's for sure. No. <laughs> that was fantastic. Uh, thank you so
3: much.
2: It was great. For the for the record, we didn't tell Chris what our trials were. Uh, aside from Nay since he couldn't be here,
1: yeah, it was so. it was it was the epitome of Paultendom that he wouldn't actually show up to do the trial of him himself. Right? <laughs> <Correct>. uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Making ne- Simon do it was perfect. <laughs> that
4: was good. Crazy. Uh, that was
6: pretty
1: terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway, I won't tell you. I won't tell you what would have happened if you went to the Rock. That's that's going to be that's going to come out <laughs> later. I, I probably don't uh, want to know. Uh, does anybody have any announcements that they want to share with the greater community before we break off for the week?
0: Um,
7: mm-hmm. More. Yeah, more announcements have been made about TwitchCon as of D and D news today. You may have heard that our guests are going to be Felicia Day, uh, <gasps> what? who you all probably know. She needs no introduction. Um, also WWE superstar, Xavier Woods, um, also esports superstar, Malik Forte, and someone you may be familiar with, uh, as having been canonized as the Black Widow, Vivid Vivka. A
1: black, the Black Viper, you mean.
7: Black Viper, sorry. Yeah. My bad.
1: Yeah.
7: Um, so all of them, all four will be in our D&D show at TwitchCon. Four guests, you might say, how are they going to accomplish that? With (laughs) panache.
1: (laughs) That's how. (laughs) And a budget. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
6: that too.
1: Yep, yeah. it's Fair. it's going to be great. they uh, they're, they're uh, we're getting their their characters and other things sorted out. It's going to be spectacular, mm-hmm.
7: and oh it's going gosh. to be a two hour show on Sunday at Oops. TwitchCon. It's one of the last things that you can watch on the Glitch stage. Mm-hmm. It's going to start um, at two thirty, and it's going to be on Twitch.tv slash Twitch as well.
4: Is it bad that I'm scared?
1: Scared? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, now I'm scared.
1: Uh, yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, yeah, you guys are going to love it. <laughs> there, may um, be, there may be props. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh boy.
6: Um,
1: Any other uh, announcements? Am
6: I actually uh, able to plug the uh, panels that I have at PAX Unplugged?
1: Uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. that's a ways off, but go ahead.
6: Yeah, um, I actually am put together two panels at PAX Unplugged, which are historical and vis- visual transgender representation in RPGs with panelists myself, Grant Ellis, Nemetic, um, Shauna Nakasone, uh, Curtis Beck, and Allison Dillon-Robinson, which um, that is on... Saturday? Yeah, Saturday at 7.30 p.m. at the Leviathan Theater. If you're there, please uh, come by, check it out. And on Sunday, um, we have the Tale of the Years, the Evolution of Lore in Dungeons & Dragons, where we basically just are a bunch of nerds discussing Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> and lore. With uh, myself, Grant Ellis, again. Time Jim well Davis. Yes, Jim Davis of WebDM. Midia Zimmer, um, who you might know. She's a modern... This channel does a bunch of DD streamings, and Jonathan Pruitt from WebDM as well. Oh,
2: very cool. Uh, I'll be at the Portland Retro Game Expo uh, October 20th, 21st. Yeah, 20th and 21st in Portland, Oregon. That's a week, not this coming weekend, but the next. Uh, and always the uh, Dice Camera Action subreddit. Be sure to go there for all the fun discussion and fan art. And if you get fan art and tag it properly, you can see it on the stream before the show, which is also super cool. So I'll spam that link.
4: There's been some really good ones lately that are real sad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've been too busy to look, but I'll have to go take a look now. Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, Yeah, Nathan wanted to be here, but of course Nathan is out on tour, uh, paid in exposure. He uh, uh, He was on a flight... At the time, this game was happening, so he has no doubt landed and is going to be performing his heart out. Uh, go to, Nate to ba- natewantstobattle.com if you want to see what cities he's visiting when. And New Jersey, D.C., Atlanta, and Orlando. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, there we have it. Jared's got it memorized. and uh, <laughs> What?
2: That's, I'm not his big
1: <laughs> And so uh, he wanted to be here but couldn't because of that. Uh, but uh, he is with us in spirit. Uh, and we will be back next week. Uh, for another wacky show of Dice Camera Action. Until then, take care of each other, take care of yourselves, and we'll see you then. And thanks again to our guest stars. You guys were terrific.
7: Yay! Yay! You guys were fantastic,
1: thank you. So fun. Hey, yeah, fun. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right, and who knows? We may see them oh, again. Yeah. Make
4: sure you guys tell me um, your addresses, to uh, after the game, because I'm oh, going to send you... Yes. Nice. One of the awesome. tricks aprons. <clears throat> yes. For being part
1: oh. of the coven. For, for, oh, for, for enduring this hour and 45 minutes of <laughs> <laughs> brutal harassment. All right. Take care, everybody, and we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye.
4: Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Dice Camera Action with Chris Perkins. Don't forget, Chris and the Waffle Crew broadcast live on twitch.tv slash dnd every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. For more information on the Waffle Crew or Dice Camera Action, go to dnd.wizards.com slash dca or head to the Dice Camera Action wiki at dicecameraaction.gamepedia.com. Until next week, happy hunting.